All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures podcast. Today in the studio, I've got Ken and Sue Creel with me. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. And so Sue and I, so hey, this is something I didn't tell you, but you're the first female to be on our show. Oh, so that's exciting. Ex- excited yeah. about that in itself. It's nice to have a lady's voice and give a different mm-hmm. perspective than all of us crotchety old guys, you know? <laughs> but um, Sue and I worked together for a long time. She was in title and escrow and I'm in the mortgage business. And so we'd see each other in a professional setting, sometimes in a highly stressed situation when people are trying to get signed for their home and they got a moving truck waiting outside and that type of thing. And Sue always made it happen and uh, had a great career over there. And I had no idea that she had this other part of her life, that she was also an outdoors woman and her husband, Ken, also an outdoors man. And so um, anyway, uh, I think it was close to the time you were retiring. I was talking to you about what you were going to do in retirement. And you told me you had this steg hut hunt coming up in New Zealand. And that's always been like a dream for me, like a bucket list. Like I really want to go get a steg and you've seen the hunts on TV. We've all seen them and just the experience around that. And so I kind of followed your story on Facebook as you guys would post different pictures of the things you were doing and wanted to get you on here. So I appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to hear about your hunts and your trip and any other things we end up talking about. But so the, and you've, you've both been retired for how long now? I retired in September of last year. Okay. Seven months. Yeah. Okay. December 16th. Right. Well, when I was Facebook stalking you a little bit last night, I looked at, and one of the first posts, I think you guys went for a hike or something and you posted retirement's looking good on you, Sue. And it was like the first day or something. <laughs> I was like, well, there's a good supportive husband, you know? There you go. So, um, but first question I had on my list was, you know, why New Zealand? How come that was like the place to go? Why did you guys pick that? And I mean, you shared with me before we got going here that you actually booked the hunt in 2019, but then COVID messed it up. And so you didn't get to go until, what was it 2022 or was it? 2023, was it that? 2023, it was this yeah. year. Yeah, this so year. we're getting you right Three after it ago. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Exactly. So whoever wants to get started, just, you know, why New Zealand? And then we'll get into it. Well, I think half the reason why we chose New Zealand is, for, first of all, it's beautiful. And second of all, I wanted to get a red stag. That okay. is something that's always been on my bucket list. And so then Ken took it from there and, and started checking outfitters. And we go to SCI every year. Okay. And um, we narrowed it down to, what, two outfitters. And we thought... New Zealand would be the best place. So describe SCI for those of us that I've never been. Um, So it's like a giant outdoorsman show kind of thing? Uh, Yeah, so it's Safari Club International. And uh, the national convention last year moved to Nashville and is going to be there for a few years. Um, It's such a large convention that there's over 1,800 outfitters from everywhere in the world. So it's one of these things that... I like to stop and talk to them. There's no way that you can walk through the convention in one day. So it, we typically go for the four-day period. So you spend two days covering it, everything, and then you kind of make your little cheat sheet of who you want to go back and talk to. Oh, that's But neat. there is hunting and fishing from everywhere in the world, South America, Australia, New Zealand, 
Asia, Europe, uh, North America, everywhere. And all the big names are there, like Jim yeah. Shockey and those types of people. I have met people. Jim several times, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think I've seen him post, yeah. I'm at SCI convention or whatever. Right. And Nashville, what a cool place to have it, too. Right. Yeah, great. yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a really cool place. Um, yeah. So that's so, how you end up booking the trip was through the SCI. Through them, okay. and then part of the things too, because me myself personally, I love hunting mountains, which is going to be the death of me yet. But uh, I like New Zealand because it's so mountainous. So yeah, it reminds me of Northeast Oregon up around Wallows in the Joseph area. Okay, it looks so. Just, yeah. What about the mountains is so appealing? Do you like the glassing and the terrain, the challenge of it? Yeah, strictly the way that I love to hunt is spot and stock. That is how I hunt. So, yeah, um, it takes a while to, when you spot something a long ways off, it takes a while to get there. Yeah. yeah. That's a great way to hunt. Yeah. I mean, I, we were talking before we got started that your knees, you're going to do it as long as your knees will let you do it. Right. Yeah, so. they're, they're uh, getting close to their time. But Have oh, you uh, had replacement? Or just, oh, yeah. 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 And several uh, orthoscopics. And, mm. Yeah. There's not much left to work on. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But yeah. I wouldn't have known you're getting around pretty good. Yeah. Right. And you got a tar in New Zealand, which yeah. we all know yeah. that yeah. took some doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's get into it a little bit. So, um Let's describe the setting a little bit and talk about, you know, when you guys first got there, maybe just acclimating to the conditions and then um, maybe go into who hunted or who got the first animal and how that went down and those types of things. So whoever wants to go first. Um, Well, a little bit about New Zealand. It was kind of funny because we went there in uh, the middle of April, which would be like the middle of our what? October. October here. So we're kind of thinking it may be cooler and stuff like that. But with all the warming and stuff, uh, we overpacked a lot of warm clothes. <laughs> You're so ready for the, the conditions that right. weren't there. Huh? So I had only packed one pair of Carhartt shorts. And basically, that's what I wanted to wear every day because it was so warm and stuff like that. Uh, but um, we never did really experience any cold days. We did see snow appear on the mountains and it's funny the lower valleys where all the towns are really don't get snow that much even in their winter time the the snow stays up on the mountains so um but it was typical temperature was around 65 to 70 degrees so yeah when we flew into um new zealand we first of all went to the south island and we flew into queenstown and we stayed in Queenstown for five days or six days? Like five days, I yeah. think, yeah. And the first day, we just actually kind of walked around our area. And it's our motel was right on a lake. Oh, beautiful. It was. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely gorgeous. And like Ken was saying earlier before we started this, Queenstown is like sisters. It's a little bit bigger than sisters. Yeah, it's right at 20,000 people. Well... Probably 30. Yeah. It's very touristy. Mm-hmm. So um, we walked all around the town, and then Ken had taken care of booking everything and did an absolutely amazing job at, at it. So one of the first things that we did was go up the gondola, and we did the luge. 
And we did the luge three times because that is a kick in the pants. So you're flying down the hill mm-hmm. on like a little sled looking thing? It's a little, kind of like a little four-wheel uh, tricycle. Well, it's got handles mm-hmm. and you pull back on the handles for the brake. Are you laying flat? or are you No, you're up? setting yeah. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But so it's just fun. flying down the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to do what's called a trial run first to make sure you do okay. And then you get, they give you this little pass thing that, okay, you've been certified. Make sure your heart can handle it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So we did that once and it was like, okay, let's just keep doing it. This is great. I love it. That's a good way to get the the blood pumping. Yeah. Yeah. And the scenery up at the top of that gondola was absolutely amazing. We just, it was like, it was breathtaking because you could overlook all of Queenstown and see the mountains all around. It was absolutely gorgeous. Well, I think I saw some of your photos on that. So we'll post some of those when we air this episode so people can see what you're talking about. Right. So, you know, bucket list trip, trip of lifetime, you start by flying down the mountain. So what comes next? Um, Wine tour. We did a wine tour there. Not not in Queenstown the first time. We went after that. We left and went to Wanaka. That's right. Okay, that's right. So, so you hung out in Queenstown for five or six days. You didn't do any hunting there. You're no, just acclimating not at the all. country just, and the culture and getting right, around and right. seeing the sights. Right. Each and one. it was kind of funny. One of the things that uh, in Queenstown, because, you know, you put in where your location is on your phone, so you're walking the streets to try to figure out where it's at. And actually, it's easy to get around because everything's in English. But anyhow, you'd have people walk up to you and they go, um, do you need some assistance? I see you're looking at your phone for a map and... And I would say, like, oh, we're looking for this. And anyhow, um, they would tell you which way to go and all this stuff. And the very first gentleman that offered assistance, he explained, he goes, well, I'm a Kiwi. I'm born and bred here. So it seemed like every day we would be looking at our phone going somewhere, and there would always be someone walking up to offer assistance. And my first question to them would be, are you a Kiwi? And they would go, yes, I am. How would you know? And I go, well, because you're so friendly. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's anyhow, great. So yeah. the people were really welcoming, it yeah, sounds like. they're very welcoming. Yeah. How about the food? Was the food good? Oh, it oh. was amazing. Yeah. We had lots of fish and chippies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They call them fish and chippies. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the currency over there? Um, are they on a, the euros or are they no, on the it's, British it's, pound? Or no, they, it's they, they their, their own, own, it's own dollar. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the exchange rate is, uh, it's about, uh, their six, their dollar is worth about 60 cents for on us. So okay. it's very, it's very beneficial to us in terms of money. Yeah. yeah that helps with the affordability of the right. trip. Right. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. Okay, so you spend five or six days in Queensland. You get to meet people. You get to eat some right. good food. You get some fish and chippies. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, where do we go next? Then we go to the town of Wanaka, which was about an hour's drive northeast of there. And we had our own rental car. So that was fun, driving on all the left-hand side of the road. Yeah. All the roads were two-lane roads. There was no four-lane roads in that part of the country. Uh, when we get to Wanaka, we stayed at a bed and breakfast, which... Um, was kind of fun. We had never stayed a bed and breakfast and stuff. So we woke up, and the next morning we had booked a half-day fly fishing trip. 
And uh, so anyhow, that was fun. Um, our guide come and picked us up. And since it was only a half day, we did not go very far from Wanaka. We was only about 45-minute drive. We went to this beautiful river, which I can't pronounce the name. It's really long. But the water was so pristine, crystal clear. Uh, it was probably about 35 feet wide and about two to four feet deep but you could see the bottom and i was like okay how do we fish do we go find deep holes and he goes no we kind of he goes first off uh, new zealand is not like what you guys are expecting in the u.s we don't have near as many trout but we have larger trout and uh, he goes we'll spot and stock so that's what we did we just kept walking the cricks until we spotted a nice uh brown or rainbow sitting out there and then you try to sneak down and present your fly um to them to get get them to bite well that's uh the thing we hadn't practiced fly fishing for several while so being able to cast uh, 30 yards or so was a challenge. So we oh, had yeah. a little bit of trouble getting on them. And uh, I think over the course of the morning, I think I only turned two fish. Most of the time I wound up spooking them or whatever. And, of course, being the gentleman, uh, I let Sue have the first opportunity on the first fish that we saw. So <laughs> How'd you do, Sue? Not very good. No. <laughs> Unless you put it right in front of them. Uh, they're out of there. Yeah, they're, yeah. they've been fished at yeah. many times. Probably, well, I mean, a big fish has seen a lot yeah. of flies. Probably. Well, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So we were at the very tail end of the fly fishing season because May first is when fishing season ends there. So we was like April twenty eighth or something. So they had been caught and fished all summer long. My so. only thing comparable to that, I worked for the Forest Service in Colorado, and. Um, I was right after college and we lived on a pretty nice little spot, the, the White River National Forest. And we had this little creek behind our place. And so my days off, I would go down there and go fishing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a bunch of Forest Service horses that didn't really like me. So I'd have to kind of run past them first so they wouldn't chase me and then <laughs> get to the creek. But anyway, the fish were real spooky and I didn't have any fly gear. I was just fishing conventional gear. Um, and I had a small little trout rod and I would catch grasshoppers in the field as I'd go out there and I'd put them on, but then I'd have to belly crawl to the edge and just drop that grasshopper in the current and let it go down. And then I'd hook a fish that way. Oh, wow. And I'd catch, I mean, they weren't huge, but you know, like an 18 inch Colorado yeah. cutthroat trout, you know, it was a pretty good fish. And so that's my closest experience that's to what you awesome. encountered there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was fun. The one thing that I learned is New Zealand has what they call sand flies. Yes. Oh. And of course, they love well, Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm typo blood and they love typo and um so boy, I didn't realize it but I got all so many bites and it's not like a mosquito bite that goes away in a couple of days. Their bites itch for 2 weeks. Oh, so Oh man. I visited the pharmacy several times for ointment. <laughs> yeah, well that, I mean I think that's the thing. People don't always talk about the negative things right. like that, but that is a reality. When you're out mm -hmm. in right. the outdoors, you're going to bump into some right. things that want right. to chew on you. Right. So so if people are familiar with no CMs, mm -hmm. it is very similar to no CMs, but they're even, because I've been bitten by no CMs, and I would have to say that these are even worse. Mm. And it's the same thing. It It's a little bite that 
keeps oozing and never heals. Man, so they like you were tasty. Yeah. Oh, I but was. Sue, they yeah. left I, you alone. Yeah, they left me alone. Oh. Yeah, I never got. Didn't it taste yet. as good as him. No, huh? no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe you, like my wife. My wife always says I have ice water running through my veins. Oh. So maybe you're like that. <laughs> maybe that you know? yeah. yeah, that's maybe me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But so that was pretty much. Um, and then the following day, if you want to talk about... Then we went on the wine tour. And you could, if yeah. you want to talk... The wine tours um, can book those also. And they don't. They take you to... That one was four different places. And they feed you along the way and everything. And it was a very reasonable price. I mean... Yeah, it was like 125 per person. Yeah. So and the wine was good? The oh. wine was great. In yeah. fact, the wine was so good that I ended up joining a wine club over there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when you go back, you'll, they'll have your, your goblet waiting for you. Yeah. But I, uh, and you said before we got started that New Zealand's on the 45th parallel, mm-hmm. which is just like Oregon. And so Oregon, you know, we've kind of become a, a wine place for like, I think, Pinot Noir or Pinot Gris and some of these different wines that we've really become a hot spot for. So I'm assuming New Zealand might be similar. Exactly. Exact same grapes that we grow here is what they grow there. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. And we don't want to jump around, but uh, yeah. um, And another thing, did you mention about what they fed us on that wine tour? I mean, it was like... Oh, it was like a full (laughs) meal. Oh, that was the one that they paired the wines with all the food. So we got to eat Red Stag... Um, we had, was there salmon? Salmon. And then... Um, pork belly. Pork belly. Uh, what, else? what were the other things? Was it a chicken? There was a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. And then a beef. Oh, right. man. Yeah. That so sounds great. It was awesome. And that's one thing, you know, you think of New Zealand as nothing but sheep ranches all over. But I'll tell you, in terms of cattle, wow, I saw as many cattle ranches as I did sheep. Oh, yeah. well, lots of cows, huh? Yeah. 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 We did cool. have lamb while we were there, too. Yeah, one time. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, we're trying to give people the immersive experience. So don't worry about bounce. I told you, I don't want to bounce around to a bunch of different topics, mm-hmm. like outside of the New Zealand trip, but we will a little bit because I want to get to know you guys better and hear right. more about your other adventures. But so don't, don't stress out about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I okay. want you to just tell me whatever you want to tell me. So, yeah, okay. Sounds good. So, um, okay. So you get done wine tasting. Uh, hopefully you got back to the hotel okay and everything. We did. You know, yeah. That's always that, the danger when you're that's the one sipping thing, them back. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, when you book these trips, you can go with either on the larger tour buses. And if you pay like $20 more, you can go on the smaller tours. And so it seems like Mercedes-Benz, the 12-seater buses was the smaller ones. And those are quite comfortable to ride. Mm-hmm. So they're a lot more smaller and personable. So like a lot of the people that were on the tour with us, we got to meet folks from Australia and, and they were very friendly and it was kind of funny. We just had a good time. and Melting yeah. pot. Got yeah. Right. Did you bump into a lot of other hunters too that were there for hunting just in general? Mm. Um, no, just well, one, the one group at, at our the motel. hotel. Yeah. When okay. we first got there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You're, you're now what's the next step? What do you do after this? Then we uh, take took our rental car and we drove to the town. It's on the southeast side of the South Island, and it's called Dunedin. And that town is a larger town. It's about 120,000 people. 
Uh, it has a large university there that's got like 35,000 students, so it's a lot like being around Oregon State. And, of course, it's kind of like Corvallis downtown. There's brew pubs and everything around, so we had a good time walking around there. And had good food. We had, had good food, I had yeah. a seafood chowder there that was really good. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's another reason I like you guys. You're beavers. So I've seen oh, you at the, you know, I've yeah. seen the, I've seen you <laughs> right. in the beaver gear. Right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big beaver fans. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. And searching for the hotels, I wanted to find one uh, because one of the tours, that's one thing that's kind of unique about New Zealand is – Every town has downtown. It's called the Ice Center. And that is a focal point that you can go to and ask questions about the area. And it seems like every tour bus, when they come to pick you up in the morning, if they don't pick you up at the hotel, they say you meet at the Ice Center. Mm -hmm. So you always find that. And uh, so anyhow, I tried, and the one tour that was going to do there, that's where they picked up. So I wanted to find a hotel close to that area, and it just so happened it was right dead downtown. Mm -hmm. And the room was just awesome. Um, I mean, it was the very top of the hotel. It was like eight stories tall. The room had a great view of the city and the harbor and, you know, so when you were planning this trip, I mean, I know you did a lot of research when mm -hmm. you were booking stuff, but were your expectations like, it sounds like, you know, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it seems like you were just kind of blown away by how nice things were. You yeah. know, like maybe it was over the top of even what you were expecting. Yes, it was. It definitely was, I mean, yeah. And the people were all really nice. Um, the streets, even the big town, the streets, there weren't a lot of homeless there weren't a lot of um i mean we didn't see a lot of that and we were all over we walked we walked a lot it was just clean and nice yeah oh. over the course of the three and a half weeks i probably put 1500 miles on the rental car <laughs> and part of the area i mean we were driving through country where you're 75 miles mini town you lose cell service but uh, there's no filth there's no trash i mean it's 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 one of the cleanest countries I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. That that adds to the experience as an outdoorsman because, right. you know, for us, the natural stuff is what we're excited about. And we all know that plastic and the things that we throw away that end up in the oceans or in the rivers or wherever, it's hard on all the little critters that we mm. want to go out there and see. That's right. exactly. It's a little trivia thing. Um it, and, you know, I love to hunt and stuff, but, you know, it's kind of funny. When you get out in eastern Oregon, you notice a lot of the road signs have been shot and all that stuff. And while we was driving those roads, I just kind of, it clicked, you know, I'm going to pay attention to see how many road signs that I see shot. And I think over the course of our three and a half weeks, I think I only saw two signs that had bullet holes in them. Yeah. But it was amazing. They have a little bit of different mindset on um, on hunting and stuff that uh, there, and we'll get into this, but every rifle there is suppressed. Okay. Yeah. And so I was going to ask you guys about that as far as gear. Did you have to bring your own equipment or that was you all provided? You can if you want to, but to be honest with you, uh, I find it more trouble to bring your own and good outfitters, they will always have uh, make sure that you can shoot. So when you arrive at their location, that's the first thing you do is you go to their range and make sure you can shoot. And what caliber were you hunting? 
the stag with? Uh, 7mm mag. The and reason he's, smi- he's smiling at me right now, the reason he's doing that is because before we ever went, we went out to the rifle range, and um, I was not comfortable in shooting his 7mm. I did, and it about kicked me. Yeah. <laughs> I like a 270 or a 243. Yeah. <laughs> and so... He said, maybe you should just tell them you want a 270. And um, we got there, and, of course, our guide, he has a 7mm. And I looked at Ken, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. yeah. And I shot, and his, with the suppressor on there, it was just, it was it was great. And I took two shots, and he said, you are good. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. So you guys didn't have trouble passing the uh, range test? No, no, not at all. Not no. at all. Ken took one shot. Yeah. yeah. One shot, one kill. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like you've done a lot of hunting in your life, yeah. so you're ready. Yeah. Well, so let's get into the hunt a little bit. So who went out first? Well, we both went together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're both yeah. hunting together with right. a guide. With and then guy, yeah. what's the plan? Is, is it designated who's going to shoot the first animal, or does it depend kind of on what you see, or...? No, it was pretty much uh, being the gentleman that I am. I always give her first choice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So the first day that we actually got to the hunt, um, they just kind of took, drove us around and everything. So then the next... Make sure you oh, talk over the mic. We okay. want everybody to hear you. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so the next day is when we actually went out. And um, so it was already determined that I would be the one to do it first. And that morning, we... We saw a really nice stag, and um, they wanted, I was trying to get up on it, and I, I could tell Ken was getting very frustrated with me because I, we were belly crawling at the time, and I could not get up on I could not get a good shot on it, and I wasn't about to shoot without not having a good shot. Did they want, I mean, because you were trying to shoot from your belly, or... Didn't have a shooting lane, or what was the reason uh, she why she was laying? I was laying, and uh, that was one thing. His scope was a five to twenty-five oh, yeah. power uh, scope, and the anyhow, it was a little. It didn't have a really great field of view, so you had to be just perfect. So he, she was moving her head back and forth, oh, to trying try, to get in the sight, try to get the yeah. full sight picture, right? Yeah, and so that one actually got away. So. I knew Ken was getting very frustrated. Because <laughs> it was the one that got away. Huh? The one that got away, <laughs> yeah. right. So that afternoon was when I actually got mine. And um, I don't know, how many yards away was I? 212. Yeah. So what what is the... Uh, you know, the amount of animals that you're going to see when you're out there. Is there is it a large quantity and you're just trying to find the right one? Uh, yeah. So... Um, the night before when we went scouting, um, we have a picture of it. There was like 13 or 15 bulls all mm-hmm. together that when we come over this rise, they were down in this flat. Yeah. Um, and then and then as the day wears on during the middle of the day, of course, they all bed down in the brush and timber. And Do they hide pretty well? I mean, oh, the environment. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a brush over there called a manuka. Think of it. It's kind of like our version of mahogany brush, mm-hmm. and it's about uh, twelve to fifteen feet tall. They get in that, and that's where they will spend all day. And they got all those branches, right. so they blend in with the. Oh, they blend in well. Yeah. So you typically find them out in the opens in the mornings and the evenings, 
and I have to chase back to her initial on that morning. It was funny because I had belly crawled. I was behind all of her. And uh, at that morning, that bull was about uh, 115 yards. And he was in some brush, but he come wide open and a perfect shot. And I was like dying because she couldn't get on him. And it, But then he took another six stop sh- uh, steps and he was in the brush. So, it was, but still, but yeah, it was kind of funny. Well, yeah, frustrating, yeah. but also yeah. good on you for not, you know, taking a shot right. you weren't ready to take. Because the right. worst thing, you know, all of us as hunters, right. we want to make a good shot. Right. Exactly. And so um, the animal you did end up getting um, one shot and he was done kind of thing? Or what is it? I mean, I don't know how tough they are. Actually, um, I ended up shooting it a second time. Yeah. He he, he went he, he went down. down and then he got back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're so basically then, they're about like an elk, yeah, because yeah. they're they'll run about 450 pounds, they're right at the size of our elk, the Rocky Mountain. They're not quite as big as Roosevelt, but yeah, okay, yeah. So I went ahead and took a second shot, and it that it was exciting, it was very exciting. And then we get down there, and so I start counting all of his points. He had 24 points, jeez, yeah. that's crazy. He, he yeah. was a beautiful animal. He yeah, really and was. this is like, I don't, I mean, the only thing I can relate to is my antelope. It was a 15-year tag for me, and I've only gotten one tag in Oregon. And, you know, I had more buck fever on that hunt than I've ever had, and my cousin will make fun of me on it on the show often. But it's, you know, you get, you're you're kind of filling that bucket list, and you are you don't want to mess it up. Did you have any of that when you were taking the shot? Yeah, I I did because what if I, I what if I miss? What if I you know wound it and then try to find it and then of course I I can feel him behind me just like I you've got to get it. Well, and we talk about that too. How sometimes you want it so bad for the other person, yeah. you know that that's almost right. worse than when you're pulling the trigger yourself. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it was pretty exciting. It really was. And then. Um, then it was the next day when, yeah, cause I got mine that afternoon and then the next morning we went back out and Ken got the one I had, was on the oh, day the, before. the same bull. Yep. Right. Oh, that's... well, it was kind of funny because to be honest, um, and anybody that would go to New Zealand, you go on a stag hunt, you're charged based on the size of the bull. Mm-hmm. And so we had basically done the minimum size and so um, there was some discussions on if our bulls met the minimum size or a little bit bigger. And yeah. um, so anyhow, the bull that she was initially on, I really liked him because he had such long fronts. Um, his eye guards were right around 24 inches long. So yeah. um, I really – and I am I like symmetrical horns. So anyhow – um, that evening after we got back to the, the lodge, uh, we talked about it and that's when we go, well, we know that he falls within that size range, so we'll go find him again. And you did. So we did. So the next morning we parked up on top of the mountain and, uh, that's the way they hunt a lot there is they, they park and then you take off walking from there and, uh. I don't know how far did we go before we saw him. Probably half mile, probably, or so. and yeah. he was down at the bottom of the canyon. So another and, uh, spot and stock kind yeah, of situation. Yeah, it was spot yeah. and stock. Mm-hmm. And then it was once we get down there, 
course, you're on finger ridges, and they move around, so you try to figure out how to get on. And so we wound up eventually, um, you know, getting on, and then again, it was belly crawling and all that stuff. And uh, and that belly crawling is exhausting. Yeah. yeah. You know, for yeah. me, I've only done it again on the antelope hunt, but it was, you know, you're in hot weather. You got typically yeah. gear on, and you're carrying your stuff, and you're trying to be as quiet as you can. Mm-hmm. And you get pretty wiped out, and then you got to compose yourself to take a shot. So. Right. Well, that's one thing I've noticed in New Zealand. Like, I've done a lot of belly crawling here in Oregon, and, of course, you're going across lava rocks and all that. Their ground is not real rocky. It's mm. got a lot of grass on it, which is good. Yeah. So, anyhow, we belly crawled up on that. and So, anyhow, basically the same thing. Uh, we got within a little over 200 yards and put the crosshairs on him and down he went. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I jumped ahead to the hunt a little bit, but what, what town were you in where you start? Was that the last town that we talked about when you, where you left from to go hunting or no. did, did I skip no. us ahead to that? When we were also, when we were in Dunedin, um, went and saw the penguins. The penguins. Oh, that's yeah. when the, the penguins yeah. happened. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit before right. we started. And so Sue had gotten sick and right. she really wanted to go see these penguins, but she didn't get to go, unfortunately. But right. Ken got to right. tell her how great it was. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't sure about even going, right. but then he yeah. got to see them. So yeah. what what kind of penguins are they again? Uh, they're blue penguins and they're about 10 to 12 inches tall. And it's kind of funny. Um, they In the daytime, they spend the entire day in the ocean. Uh, because, believe it or not, there's less predators on them than it is on land because um, New Zealand does have a lot. That's one thing. I saw a lot of hawks, and they have, uh, I believe it's some type of smaller eagle, and uh, those animals will get them if they come on land. So they stay out in the ocean, and they do not come on shore till it gets dark. And so on the penguin tour, you basically... You get there in the afternoon, you sit on the bluff, and you look for albatross to come in because they have nesting colonies. And it's the only area, I believe, that there's albatross around is there. And then as it gets dark, you go down to see the penguins. And so anyhow, they got this little viewing area, and I got pictures of penguins, you know, 10, 15 feet from me coming up the shore. Then they go and live in burrows at night. And then in the morning before it gets daylight they go back out the ocean that's so, so that cool. Was cool see a little one foot right. penguin running around right and you said you saw an albatross there too yes eight foot wingspan yeah right crazy it's cool yeah it flew right underneath me when i was standing on a cliff so. and that's i wanted to back up to that story just because that's part of the natural thing right we right. all enjoy hunting but mm-hmm. we also just enjoy i mean at least for me personally just seeing stuff right. in nature right. in its own environment and something right. that unique Right. Yeah. And I'm sure he got some video for oh, you. Yeah. I, got, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. did not really right. get to sleep at all right. because he was sending me pictures constantly right. oh, really? and videos. And yeah. it's, it's kind of funny. Going out on the tour, it's this peninsula that goes straight on the ocean. And the very end is where the albatross nests. But I notice these signs saying, report if you see any possums and all this stuff. And they have possums that they brought over from Australia, and they do not look like our opossums here. They're kind of cute. They're really furry. And uh, so I was asking the tour guide about this, and he goes, oh, yeah, they have 
uh, they have uh, government-funded hunters that trap all of these possums here because the possums, they come and eat the penguin eggs, and we're trying to mm-hmm. keep the penguins. So they say this is a possum-free zone. And uh, he even went in to tell me that, yeah, it's there's they have a lot of government hunting to get rid of things that they want to like possums, wallabies, they want to get rid of wallabies huh. and all that. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So, New Zealand, none of the animals are native, right? Or, I mean, there are maybe some, but none of these bigger animals. No, are, none. Everything is an import. So, nothing was nothing. originally there. Yeah. And so, it all got people brought in different things because they were cute right. or they were whatever. Right. And now these popular, there's no natural predators for a lot. Of, like the stag, nothing's going to eat a stag right. no. over there. No predators have, oh. at all. That was the other thing that convinced me of going to New Zealand is they have no snakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. So, and I, snakes are something I can't stand. So, yeah, I thought, because Australia has some of the most venomous snakes in the world. So exactly. I just assumed, you know, that it was the same. But no. No, it's kind of no. funny. Once you go over there, um, well, part of the... The, the history when I went to the Albatross Center was how uh, New Zealand broke our split across many years ago. And a long time ago, it had no animals at all. And birds were the first thing that uh, that came. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because you had to fly there or swim there probably, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Or a human brought you there. Right, or a, or a human yeah. brought yeah. you yeah. there. And that's how a lot of the red stag and the fallow deer and stuff like that, well, the tar were brought for hunting, but some of the others were brought for food and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, is the stag, you mentioned you had it on the wine tour, is it kind of a staple to the diet over there too? Oh, yeah. 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 Every restaurant has it. Yeah, every restaurant, it'll save venison. Yeah. Okay. But it's, and how's the flavor of that compared to like our deer venison or elk? We loved it. Yeah. They, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. We have been to Alaska fishing resort, and uh, they flew in red stag from New Zealand for dinner for their guests. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah it was really so that was the first time we'd ever had it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. After we left Dunedin, then we went back to Queenstown. Okay, okay. and that's where you took off for hunting from, right. right? Okay, but in Queenstown, we also went um, to Milford Sound. Oh. oh, and that should be on everybody's bucket list too. And tell us why. Um, okay, so it's kind of it's a, it's a thirteen hour tour, so it's a long day. You're three and a half hours on a small bus to get there, uh, but on the far southwest side of uh, New Zealand, all of the it's it's kind of like think I've never been to Norway, but it's like that. It's all these fjords that go out to the ocean. So you get there, you take the bus, you get into heavy timber, steep mountains, granite peaks. It's beautiful. And then once you get there, you get on this boat. And I think the boat was probably like right at about 80 feet long. And you ride out this fjord towards the Tasman Sea. And then as you get closer, um, you'll see porpoises in the water. You'll see seals and things like that. But it's just so beautiful and so majestic. I mean, lots of waterfalls. Yeah, waterfalls yeah. Yeah. everywhere. Well, yeah, you guys said there was lakes everywhere yeah. too. Oh yeah, right. I've never seen so many lakes as right. we saw in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of funny. My wife says I like to talk, so I was in talking with the captain on the boat, and as we got to the Tasman Sea, I see all these floats out there and I said 
are these crab traps or what? He goes, no, those are lobster traps. Oh, nice. So anyhow, that was one thing that's a little funny was we're thinking that, boy, we're going to New Zealand. We got to try lobster. And that was one thing to hard to find in a restaurant. Hmm. And I asked and they said, well, it's so expensive um, that most people just don't want to pay for it. So hardly any restaurants have it. But we did find one restaurant, very nice restaurant. And so um, we had lobster dinner with wine and all that. And, of course, it wound up costing us a whole $98 U.S. Yeah, for super expensive, two yeah. lobsters. Yeah. yeah, That doesn't yeah. sound too bad. No. And so, and obviously, if they're getting it right there, you're getting it fresh. Right. You know, so right. that fresh lobster, I mean, right. you can't beat that. Right. Because usually, yeah. oh. by the time it gets, I mean, they fly them in live yeah. and stuff here. Yeah. But, right. but it was yeah. good. It was, it was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. We enjoyed that. Yeah. And then... Then we then went the, on another wine tour there. Oh, we went on yeah. another wine tour right the day before the guide come to pick us up. Right. Okay. So. And and your guide, uh, what was the name of the outfit? Leatham Valley Hunts. Okay. And, well, I can't say enough about those folks. You leave there feeling like you're part of their family. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. So and they so they came pick you up and now we're gonna fast forward now we're on day two and we've got two stag on the ground mm-hmm. so you know they're handling probably all the taking care of the animals and all yeah. that and, you don't do anything yeah, yeah. which well, is kind of funny because you know I'm not used to yeah you're used to getting yeah. your hands in there yeah. yeah this may be a little funny but uh, they are very conscious and as you um, clean out the the stag and stuff like that you know uh, of course the paunch um he our guide because we had parked at the top of the mountain and we had walked all the way down the bottom of the mountain where i got the stag and he goes well i'm gonna walk up the mountain and get the car and he goes would you do me a favor would you uh pull the paunch over into some brush there because we don't want to leave it to where people see it and stuff like mm. that. So that was the one thing that I was, did do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just like, I mean, they're very conscious about, they don't even want something like that visible as people drive around. It's yeah, they want to keep it yeah. scenic for people. Because yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's people that just want to drive around and see the yeah. country and, yeah. the, you know, just right. view them instead right. of hunting them. Yeah, of course, yeah. we weren't by a road, but still... He just wants to keep it out of, because there's really, since there's no predators and stuff, there's not a lot of things to come and feed on it. Like, you know, here, coyotes will hit it and be gone the next day. Yeah. But they don't have coyotes here. Yeah, you'd have coyotes and vultures on it. I mean, vultures within a couple of hours. And they don't have vultures, but the next, or we did see hawks, I believe, but yeah. 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 But that's it. Isn't that, that's got to be kind of bizarre to, yeah. to think about that. Because here, you know, we're all conscious of cougars right. and right. coyotes and now yeah. wolves. And, right. um, you know, you don't even have to think about it there. No. Right. No, so. no, not at all. No, it's, you know, there's no predators whatsoever. Um, I believe on the North Island, I think he did mention at one time they did bring in some fox to try to eliminate the possums, but they wound up finding that they were more... Right. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I mean, Hawaii's made a lot of those same mistakes where, right. you know, they bring in the mongoose to get rid of the snakes and the mongoose are a bigger problem. And, you know, right. and then now they've got all these cats that are eating all the native right. birds. And right. Exactly. It's, right. Yeah. It's crazy how, right. you know, when you mess with nature, we're never right. going to get the formula right. the right way. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's... It's unfortunate yeah. when yeah. people start meddling, then you go down that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of funny. Um, 
since you talk about cats and stuff like that, um, well, after we got that all processed and stuff, uh, they uh, he goes, you want me to take you back to the lodge or you want to go with me? I got to go to the train station. And we're like, train station? What do you mean train station? Oh, we have a spot where we dispose of the the uh, skeletal carcass and all that stuff. Oh. And so basically, because those folks over there, they get they like the show Yellowstone and all that. Oh, yeah. They watch it. And, you know, Yellowstone has the train station oh, yeah. where sure. they dispose of people. Well, yeah. that's where they dispose. So we went with him there. And, of course... Uh, Sue was sitting in the pickup at the time, and he she comes back and she goes, "Look at that cat over there on the hillside, man! I never seen someone move in their." He went to grab his rifle because to them feral, feral. cats are ba- you know, taboo. So oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. is their predator. Yeah, that's their <laughs> well, predator. Yeah, and they probably have seen what they've yeah, done to other yeah. ecosystems. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. 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 Were you nervous when he said that? Were you like, okay, what do we do wrong? We're going to the train no. station. No, no. We, we yeah. had. <laughs> he uh, was quite a kick. He was yeah. a kick. Yeah. Me and him got along really well. Yeah. A young kid. He was 30. Yeah. 31. 31. Yeah. 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 That's, so you, you, you get the two stag, and then you told me before we got started that you weren't even sure if you were going to hunt tar, but then you were talking to somebody. Well, Tell us about that a little bit, how that happened. Well, there was another one in between. Okay. While we were sneak it up on um i really hadn't planned on getting a fallow deer while i was there i had never had no intentions at all but we saw fallow deer while we was hunting and those are a lot spookier i mean a lot especially if you come over a hill and you're in the car you know they'll start running at five and six hundred yards away and if you're going down through the brush and you get within two to 300 yards away, they'll run off. But they're really kind of cool looking. And so when we was going after my stag on another hillside, we saw a really cool fallow deer buck. And so we talked about it that evening. So the next day, we went after the fallow deer. Yeah. It was so, added a little bit to the budget. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was a challenge item for Ken. Yeah. 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 So needless to say, again, it was... That took us a while to get on him because um, it was a little, we ran out of cover. So again, a lot of belly crawling, getting close. And then he went into the heavy brush and we lost sight of him. We had to wait for a while. And then finally he come out in a little bit of opening and um, again, you know, put the crosshairs on him and down he went and then of course he just dropped and of course now you're in this brush it's six eight feet tall and you got to find him in there and we found him and yeah so we uh got him too so and those are pretty tasty too yeah. oh yeah. yeah we we um while we was there they the food she they actually have a cook that comes and um that stays there and the cook is really into eloquent meals, but um, we had fallow deer burgers one night, and those were some of the most awesome mm-hmm. hamburgers that I've had. They just yeah. mild, yeah. Yeah, they're. I've heard they're really good. I yeah. we had a friend that hunted with us in Hawaii, and she I can't remember if it was a fallow deer or a similar, maybe an axis or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they cooked it for us when we got home. She made some for us, and I was like, man, that was mm-hmm. really good. Super tender. Really, right. really yeah. mild flavor. Really mild, yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, speaking of cooking, um, Sue has now got a recipe for homemade granola that she makes because they make their granola there. Yeah, all the oh. time. Yeah. yeah. So that turned you on to it. It did. Yeah. yeah. We love it. The, <laughs> I mean, it was like every meal that we had at the place was just fabulous. I mean, it, anyhow, so that was, um, so then that was we got to follow. So then the next day. We had to drive back to Wanaka because that was where their lodge is based of for people that are going for chamois and tar. Okay, so I'm not even heard of chamois. I don't even know what that is. Um, oh, the little teeny ones. Yeah, the little, little teeny little black horns. Okay. Chamois are native to Portugal, Spain area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's something I didn't go after. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. again... I guess they're even more rockier and tougher, yeah. So the tar, what drew you to the tar? The tar was uh, about two years ago, uh, New Zealand decided that uh, tar were damaging the native uh, habitat way up in the mountains, and there was too many tar up there, and they wanted to get rid of them, so they started hiring uh, hunters from helicopters to start killing them and since tar is a mountain animal i kind of thought you know i want to get one while you still can and that's what turned me on i it's another checkoff item well and Um, you're also um helping with the problem too right that's what i like about it when you're when you know it's an animal they want to kind of eliminate right 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 the one thing that's kind of funny about tar was a year ago when we was talking to her we go yeah, we want to figure out how we can bring back some of this meat. So how am I going to get some of that tar meat back and and uh, so the grandkids can have some and stuff? And she looked at me and she goes, do you not like your grandkids? And I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, tar, nah, it's not very good. Huh. I wonder if it's just stringy or like, you know. Well, it tough. could be because I've killed a mountain goat. And mountain goat, the flavor's fine, but it's tough. Yeah. 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 Well, you yeah. would think with an animal that's, you know, in that rocky terrain, right, right. those muscles and tendons are going to get right. stretched and they're right. going to be leaping and jumping yeah. and yeah. kind of like eating those chicken and quai, you know? You yeah. Yeah. Stay- <laughs> yeah. yeah. When yeah. they're too wild. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Uh, and that was another thing too, because they like to, well, probably, I don't know, maybe 20% of their customers come over there and will do a tar hunt. Most of them come over there for red stag. And the nice thing about having us on the red stag first was they were able to see just what we could do uh, in terms of climbing mountains and stuff like that. So uh, the next day, me and Stefan, we got in the car and we had a four-hour drive to head uh, north to where we was going to be tar hunting. So we wound up, um, there is a, a... farmer up there that has a helicopter and basically uh, instead of starting from the bottom and climbing up um, he had a tent in his backpack and all that in case we had to spend the night on the mountain and stuff but they wound up putting us in the helicopter and we flew and they dropped us up about two-thirds of the way on the mountain and that the, that morning, and uh, then we started off from there, and start, we started climbing the mountains around, looking for tar, and um, 
it's kind of funny. Tar have really good eyes uh, for a while because of all the noise from the helicopter. Um, you know, we didn't see anything, so we had to move over to a new mountain chain. And uh, so we're spotting and stuff, and we spotted some a long ways away, and we're trying to debate whether can we get to them today or, you know, what. We didn't know. And so anyhow, needless to say... Um, we kept going on around the mountain, and uh, so anyhow, finally, we uh, he goes, wow, there's some tar down below us, and I'm like, you know, I got my binoculars, and I'm like, where, you know, I I got Savarsky binoculars, I couldn't find them. But, and you're a spot and stop yeah, guy, so yeah. it's right in your wheelhouse. And it's funny, because they have such the long hair around their mane, it's like, in the brush is about three to four foot tall and I mean you look in the brush and you'll see just a little spot of beige and if you look at it you'll see the wind is catching it because their hair is really soft and it's like they'll hide in that brush you can't see them and so needless to say and it was so windy up there on the mountain uh, it was a good um well there was gusts I it was kind of funny well needless to say the the wind uh, I lost a baseball cap, or no, I lost a sock hat, and I lost a pair of my Kui gloves. And uh, one time, uh, the wind gust, I was sitting down, and I went to get up, and it blew me over. It was that strong. So we're at that morning, it was 40 to 50-mile-an-hour winds. <coughs> so, but Man. anyhow. Uh, yeah, that's those are tough yeah, conditions. Yeah, it, it was tough conditions. Um and are they um, nose sensitive to where if they smelled you, were they are the tar like you know other animals where if you're you know if they're downwind from you they're going to spook? Uh, I never got close enough to really you I worry mean, about it. Yeah. yeah, we actually the tar. Well, those tar were uh, we was above them, and uh, the wind was coming from our side, so it wasn't carrying. But they are very eyesight. I mean, any movement. Um, Oh, and then they also are noise sensitive in the sense that uh, I was tr- having to talk louder so he could hear me over the wind. And then he said, oh, they heard us. And yeah. But I mean, again, I could not see him real well because they like to hide in that brush. And I mean, all they'll stick out is like a nose or something like that. So then you got nothing to shoot at. Right. And then eventually, it was kind of funny. It was so windy. We took off our backpacks and we started to try to belly crawl. And it's a little hard belly crawling downhill on a 45 degree angle across rocks. So that didn't work real well. like a slide, huh? But uh, (laughs) we get down there, and needless to say, um, um, we get down there a ways. And uh, so anyhow, uh, pretty soon we saw the tar just up and jump, but about 700 yards up above us, we had been on a bluff, and his backpack, the wind caught it, and blew it off the backpack as it went rolling down the mountain. It went down by the tar and spooked them, so they mm. ran off. Oh, man. So, and of course, I mean, like I said, it was so windy. I, I mean, it was just really tough conditions. So then we left those, and then we had to go and find the backpack and stuff because not only did it have her tent, it had all the extra ammo and everything in the backpack. Yeah, you weren't going to lose that. Right, so we found that. And uh, 
it was about probably, I don't know, three or so in the afternoon by then. And uh, so anyhow, we was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, <coughs> we There was a sheep herder's cabin down the bottom of the cabin. We could spend the night there or we could stay in the tent. But we went around the mountain. And uh, so needless to say, there was one lone uh, tar that was across the canyon. And it was going across this big rock slide. And so anyhow, we got set up, and it was 350 yards. And uh, so it was so windy. It was like he was in a rock slide, so he was in the open. He'd stop, but just wouldn't take the shot because it's so windy. And uh, so needless to say, it was kind of a fluke. So we're sitting here. Let's try to wait till the wind dies down. So needless to say, I wound up, I was, uh, eventually, we thought it was calm enough that I could take the shot. I had the crosshairs on the back of his shoulder, and I hit him right through the eye. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. So the wind carried it. They carried it that much. Man. Yeah. But you put him down. Yeah, he it's went a good down. shot. Yeah. Right. And you had said before we got going, it was one of the bigger tars, uh, the biggest right. your, your guided team. He uh, measured it. It was 13 and 5 eighths length on the horn. And, of course, we did not SEI score it. I am an SEI scorer, but I didn't have any. Well, I could have measured it, but I didn't. And uh, so anyhow, but he said, this is the biggest tar that I have ever taken in my 11 years. And when we got back to the lodge, even the outfitter, uh, she said, yeah, she's never killed one that big. So, so it, And you got him in a wind tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyhow, so needless to say, got him all skinned out and everything. And we made it down um, that night, right? Well, we had headlamps and stuff and spent the night in a sheep herder's cabin down there. And it was kind of funny, the wind that night, I thought the building was going to blow away. <laughs> Was and, it a real primitive kind of cabin with no oh, there nothing was, to it? Yeah, there was yeah. nothing. Uh, we had to walk down to the creek to get water. Uh, no generator. No or generator. Anything. No. I mean, we sat inside the cabin with our headlamps on at night, and you were just waiting for the building to fall right. down from the wind. Right. <laughs> but it's funny. Again, even like that, they had flown in all this food and stuff. So we had stew that night for dinner. They did have a little gas stove on there in there, and so we had that for dinner. Sounds like they took oh. good care of you. Oh, they did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was another uh, hunter that was there with another guy, and so they had uh, shipped, you know, they had flown in bottles of wine and all kinds of beer and stuff like that. But after exhaustive day like that, you know, I think I only drank like two beers that evening and I Rap. was done. Yeah, yeah, you were curtains. Yeah. And then the next morning... Um, the helicopter or the place called him on his sat phone said, hey, we got to come get you now because the storm is getting worse and you're going to be here for the next four to five days if oh, we don't. Get trapped. Yeah. So we got all packed up and the helicopter flew in. And that was pretty – I've been on helicopter several times, and this is one of the more exciting ones. After we got loaded – it was me, my guide, and the pilot in the helicopter. And he goes, okay, we're going to have to go uphill, and then I'll turn and get the have the wind carry us back down the hill. So 
we just kind of barely go up the hill and then when we turn i mean it was like that helicopter had a rocket on it and then flying out of those canyons we were getting bucked all over and then once we get out of the mountains and it was fine but yeah. yeah that's scary though yeah yeah i that would make me pretty nervous right so sue yeah. you were were you worried about him when he was out on this hunt not really because um well, first of all, I didn't go. I stayed back at the lodge with the owner, and her and I went on wine tours. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. great. But she did have radio contact with the guide, so mm, we knew yeah. everything that was going on. And But you knew that weather was coming in too, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. So that was the only thing is because we were due to fly out to come back home the next day. Yeah. And Man. so it was like, okay, are we going to be needing to change our flights or whatever? Right. No, it's two days later. Yeah. yeah Is Ken going to be on the mountain yeah, for another week? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. No. <laughs> Man, what? That's a wild, what an experience. It right. Was. I mean, there's just right. no way to. Right. You can't really probably fully describe what you saw. No, you can't. I mean, that was one thing, climbing those mountains. I mean, granted. By the end of the day, it was tough. I think over the course of that day, I probably only fell about 18 to 20 times. Jeez. <laughs> but my knees were... Just getting banged up. They were pretty banged up by the time we got back. But one thing I noticed was that terrain, there's there's some big rocks, but there's not a lot of uh, rocks all over uh, that there is like I have experienced in North, North America. So as far as like the shaley type, where yeah, it's the shaley fall type. And slide it's and, a lot of vegetation, and there's some type of plant that I did see the tar eating this one plant that kind of looks like a it looks like the top of a pineapple, but hmm. it's about two feet tall, and it's kind of a bush that grows like that, and that's what the tar love to eat, and that's why they're wanting to get rid of them because it's some native plant that grows only up at that six to 7,000 feet elevation, okay. and that's why they're wanting to... And that's where you're hunting in six yeah. to 7,000? Yeah. And then is it, um, was it rainy conditions or anything? Was no. it wet up there? Or? Uh, that was one thing. We had packed because we was expecting it to snow and get really cold, and actually it, did, it didn't. And that was why they wanted to get us out the next morning because they had, it was like every weatherman, they had missed it by a day. Yeah. So the big <laughs> storm was coming in, and that's why they wanted us to get out of there. So yeah, that was the weathermen. They have a great job, right? Right. Yeah. If, if, right. You're, right. if you're right, everybody loves you. If you're wrong, right. everybody right. hates you, but right. there's not really consequences. Right. No, yeah. not, no so, not at all. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's the only way to get into there because there's, it's so far in the mountains, there's no roads in there, nothing like that. So uh, they take you in by helicopter and drop you off. And people may wonder, oh, like here in the States, you know, if you're in a helicopter, you can't hunt until the next day. But it's not, they don't have that requirement there. Yeah. But obviously it spooked the tar. So yeah. you had to move, yeah. you know, It was kind of over. funny. Um, when we first tuck off and was going up the mountain, we spooked. We spooked Tar going up in the helicopter pilot because I was sitting in the front, showed me Tar running off. They just looked like little brown dots. And then, of course, we went over and landed on the backside. And then, of course, we didn't see anything. We had to get quite a ways away from where we landed because it had spooked everything. But also, if they're hunting them from helicopter, or if they're you know doing right. it as a management technique because right. they're trying to eliminate some right. of them, they're right. going to get used to right. equating right. helicopters right. with uh, yeah. my right. cousin Joey didn't make it. You exactly. Know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ken yeah. had the option of actually shooting it from a helicopter if he wanted to. Yeah, but, but that 
that would not that would that would not be a challenge and it's to not, me that's not hunting. Yeah. 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 That's harvesting, but yeah, it's not it's hunting. Harvesting, but not yeah, hunting. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So this was the real deal. I mean, I had to get up and walk around and we wound up, you know, we were up there. Luckily, um, we didn't have to spend the night on the mountain and all that stuff. And luckily we was able to get most of our gear back. I mean, his, uh, backpack, it, uh, opened up. And so there was stuff. It was funny as we was walking along, um, I found, well, there was a first aid kit that was laying out. I mean, things just went flying. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. If that wind was powerful enough to pick it, it was, up, it was yeah. going to be powerful enough yeah. to send stuff. That's and I right. don't his backpack probably wait, but he set it right at the edge of the bluff. And like me, you know, I had my cooey gloves and I uh, tucked my gloves off and I just naturally set it right beside me. And of course, the gust just blew it right. I watched it go right off a cliff. Yeah. yeah you're like, I'm not going for that right. one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, those types of things that you don't think about that can happen when you're out in the field where it's, you know, you're prepared for everything. He probably had everything he needed in that pack and then right. he leaves it for a moment to pursue some right. animals and then it's, it's gone. Know, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Even I went salmon fishing in Alaska one time and we had our bucket with all of our fillet knives and mm-hmm. a couple of just things we needed yeah and you know you carried away fishing and we weren't paying attention and i don't know i I think it was in i either bumped it or whatever tipped it over and then you got knives floating down the river Mm -hmm. and you're trying to grab all your stuff you need and you know you usually don't get it all back because somebody else's treasure you know that's right right well i really doubt if there'll be anybody um that area was really remote i mean yeah i mean they have used this I can't remember how many thousands of acres, but it's it's uh, well, it's the government land that they're uh, taking Leasing. all the tar off. But yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is actually uh, individual private land, but it's, I mean, it's open to the public, but there's no way to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we've got some areas in Oregon like that too, where there's these buffalo herds that have escaped, but there's no way to get to them without right. a helicopter. Right. You know, yeah. Right. yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I think bottom line is we feel that New Zealand should be on everybody's bucket list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing is I'm trying to figure out, huh, how could I figure it out? I have not that many years left. How do I figure out how I can go back? They do have elk there, so. Yeah. <laughs> you need an excuse. Yeah. Well, number one, Sue's got to see the penguins. Yes. So that's the right. first reason right. to go. Yeah. And then, yeah, elk or whatever right. that other little right. creature you're talking right. about. Yeah. And then it's kind of funny. Um, the one town that we didn't make it to is, um, I can't pronounce it, Ivan, Cargall, and Bluff. They're at the, that is where everybody that leaves to go to Antarctica and stuff. But I would like to see the very southern tip and all that as well. Yeah. We, we if we ever went back, I would practice my fly casting better because I would definitely want to catch one of those big browns or rainbows they have there. Well, and one thing we're really good about this show is encouraging people to do those things. So I will yeah. endorse you guys going back. Okay, um, I'm, I'm fully on, on board mm-hmm. with it. We like to help people go right. live, live and do these adventures. Right. There you go. You know, and then we get to hear about it. Right. You know? But I, I had other things I wanted to talk to you guys about, but I think we covered everything pretty well. I'll have to have you come back on and tell us about. So in my Facebook stalking, I saw a picture of both of you with turkeys. 
I saw oh, Sue with yeah. a stringer of fish with like a half a rod. And she had this proud face of like, look, I got this done. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I saw Ken with a buffalo. It was maybe a white-tailed deer in the snow. Maybe it was a black-tail. I wasn't yeah, sure. I've got white-tail, yeah. And, yeah. And then your mountain goat and so and a buffalo. So we got a lot of stuff. We And, and I yeah. heard before we got going, you're a big antelope hunter. So Oh, yeah. You're going to have to come back is what yeah. I'm saying. Because <laughs> yeah. you've got a lot of hunting stories. Right. And you, you tell them well. So I'd love yeah. to have you come back on if you if you felt like doing this again. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that would be yeah. fun. So yeah. personal question, how long have you guys been married? Um, oh my gosh. 30, 39 30, years. Yeah, 39. Okay. So you got the big 40 coming up coming soon. Up. Yeah. That's right. We yeah. got to do yeah. something big for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's another excuse to go back to New Zealand if we yeah. need one. Right. You know. Yeah. But the reason I ask is I just watch how you guys, your energy and how you talk to each other and how mm-hmm. you talk about always putting your wife first. Yeah. Hey, those are the guys that are listening. Yeah. Those are the keys to a good marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Put your wife first. Take care of yeah. her. Planned an awesome trip. Yeah. It was a bucket yeah. list for you too. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm a, I'm happy for your next adventure because you're yeah. both now retired. Yeah. So you know you you uh, can go get you, after it. Since you mentioned the turkey again, I'll have to add to that. I let her go first, <laughs> and of course I had always wanted to kill a turkey. We was in uh, Eastern Oregon in a in a blind, mm-hmm. and of course she goes, "No, you sure?" So I shot the first one. And of course, it. Um, we had heard other toms on the hill up in the mountains, and she goes, "Well, go out and get it." And I go, "No, because you leave it there because if another tom comes by, they'll want to beat the crap out of it." Oh, really? So anyhow, uh, I left it setting there, and within a half hour, we had the other turkeys. And mine had a longer beard than yeah. his. <laughs> Hers had a thirteen-inch beard, which is pretty uncommon for a turkey. Nice. Yeah. So she but got the trophy turkey. I yeah. did. Yeah, those were big turkeys in that picture. Yeah. I was yeah. like, holy cow! Yeah. Yeah. Some of those eastern birds are yeah. really big. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like my kids, if I take them fishing, they like to rub it in when they get to the bigger ones. Oh, yeah. So it's a similar I, kind of thing. Right. That's part of the yeah. fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know Sue well enough to know that, you know, she she can, she's a little spunky when she yeah. needs to be. So yeah. she, she'd have, we'd have some awkward signings and she'd tell people, well, do you want to buy the house or not? You <laughs> yeah. know, like uh-huh. this is it. This is uh-huh. what it takes. Right. You know? Right. So true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the same but, thing fishing. Um, she likes to have, let everybody at the lake know she's catching fish. And it's funny, I see people pull their lawn chairs up and pretty soon they're right shoulder to shoulder to you where you're catching fish. I have yeah. a tendency of hooping and hollering. Yeah. <laughs> Are you one of those, I call them naturally fishy people where you just kind of can outfish people around you. There's people yeah, that, yeah. that have that. Well. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for being the first woman on the show, Sue. Sounds good. And it, it was great to see you again. It's been a while and nice to meet yeah, you, yeah. Ken, and hear nice about your you. adventure. And yeah. I mean, what an amazing trip. Yeah. And so. It was. It was um, fantastic. Do you think there's anything that we didn't cover that's a must everybody needs to know about New Zealand or do you think we hit it all? I just think that it's a beautiful country and I mean granted the airfare is the the one drawback um, but it's a country that you go there it'll be in your memory and that's what all the hunting and these travels are about it's about memories that's all it is yeah yeah yeah, we get our trips around the sun, and right. we don't know how many of them we're going right. to get. And exactly. Yeah. Might as well make the most of them. Do it right. while you can. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. I mean, what a what a great trip! I thank you guys for coming. Thank, thank you, you for Sam. sharing it with me. Great. So, Thanks for having us. Right. Yeah. 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 
All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>